Hello and welcome to the WADFAM Jackpot. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Acebo. And we're in a great mood today because we just overcame some technical difficulties. Oh man, I'm feeling so good right now. Oh. It's great. I just realized our tracks are labeled wrong though. Oh, that's going to bother him for a while. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, that, that that's easy enough. It's just, you know... This is, the voice you hear right now is Andrew, according to my computer. Yes, yes, which is always And right. that would be Dylan. Mm-hmm. Could Maury have gotten to it? Maybe. Maybe that's... Maybe that's it. He is... It's Atticus Schaefer. Apparently computer He's under dad, the bed. So... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, what, what episode are we talking about today, Dylan? We're talking about episode 899, The Rydell Revelations, part two, also known as Exposition, the episode. Yeah, this is a lot. This is a lot. The episode in which no actual events happen, but boy, is there a lot of talking. There is only talking and just lots of storytelling and, um... I'm not even saying it as a bad thing. No, I'm no, just, me neither. Me I'm just neither. like, yeah, they really they really were just like, yeah, we've got a part two. It'll just be backstory and But that's exactly up. what we needed. It would yeah, just have been so nice if it would have been spread out over the course of like the previous six episodes. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe thread it in a little bit better, but then we wouldn't have the reveals. No. Oh, there are so many reveals. So uh this is an episode that uh, released on the AIO Club back this summer on July 21st mm. of the year 2020, um, and then aired on the radio October 10th. Which was like a month and a half ago. Yep. From the time we're recording this. Yeah, no, this is a this is a new boy, and honestly, I just, off the top, I like this episode a good bit. I am less hot on this episode, but I didn't hate it. No, yeah, I think I was so relieved that it wasn't terrible that I like it a lot. Fair enough. I think that's 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 the TLDR of my feelings on this episode. <laughs> I'll accept it. Uh, this is an episode written and directed by Phil Lawler. Mm-hmm. We once again have uh, Jared DePasquale as the person doing the score. Mm-hmm. Um, a man who which I am indebted to say nice things to uh, because uh, through... A fun chain of connections. He sent us the audio uh, for the outro, um, which you will be hearing at the end of this episode, and it sounds great. And Yay! I am so thrilled to have that because uh, it sounded great in the episode. Sounds great in real life. The man is not John Campbell, and I love it yep. because it's like, yeah, I mean, I I like John Campbell a lot, but it's like, hey, it can be if, fun and different. What if someone else was doing stuff? It, so th- this this guy he he got his start doing the like he did maybe not all but a lot of the focus on the family radio theater mm-hmm. um shows mm-hmm. um and then has slowly been doing Odyssey here and there mm-hmm. um yeah which I super like yeah yeah no it's uh. Yeah, no, I really like this the the sound of this episode, and just I don't know, this gives me a lot of hope. Like this is harkening back some old uh, Green Ring conspiracy vibes, where I was like, oh man, yeah, okay, so New Odyssey can be pretty enjoyable and like have some some continuity and stuff like this. Because this was such an exposition heavy episode, um, I really felt like it did not. Uh, it, it paced itself well and really just kind of, like, fleshed out the picture better. I mean, obviously that makes sense. Yeah, I think that was the point of the episode. I, I, I don't I don't really disagree. Uh, other things want to hit off the top. One, uh, just a reminder to you listening at home that we are not covering um, the cast at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will be doing that once we have done all of, like... We'll do that next episode. We'll go back and cover the cast. Because this episode has some interesting cast stuff that I would love to talk about. But we're also really trying to avoid spoilers. It's true. And we've almost made it. I've had so far none of it spoiled for me. And we are on the second to last episode. Yeah. Which it's it- true. Um, And then we didn't get to do this last time. Because mm-hmm. the AIO wiki was down. But... There is no, um, there's no promo for part two, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go ahead and roll the part one promo here, 
just for fun. Okay, let's hear it. I mean, it's, it's a three-parter. You can get away with one promo. Yeah. Next time on Adventures and Odyssey, Emily is on a mission. It's time to reveal the truth about Maury Rydell once and for all. The answers are out there. Where are their parents? Uh, their father is in Japan. He works in U.S. Embassy there. But will Emily find the truth in time? Suzu, you don't have to be afraid. I'm not afraid. I have to go. Don't miss the Rydell revelations next time on Adventures and Odyssey. Yeah, okay, that's what I expected. Yeah, 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 that's, <laughs> that's pretty run-of-the-mill. Okay, all right, it's, nothing. It's, it's good. We'll give it a solid B+, and, and move on with our days. I, yeah, so this episode begins with a uh, recap, kind of like a last time on yeah. Odyssey of the previous episode. This is a thing I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. So they were released both on the radio and on the AO Club week of, week after week. Like they weren't all released at the same time. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that. However, immediately following, like as soon as they've all three been released... They should edit that part out on the club. Yeah, it does feel a bit redundant. It's it's weird because I'm like, wait, but this is like you they do when it's an album release. Like when stuff comes oh, out on CD. Yeah, I guess they do. They don't do the radio recap unless it's one where there's been like a multi-episode gap. But when it's yeah. two back to back and Maybe there's exceptions to this, but we've talked about a lot of these multi-parters, hmm. and they don't usually do the recap. Yeah. And it just feels like, in the way that, like, you know, episodes of Gilmore Girls start with a recap, but, like, Netflix, they do not. Mm-hmm. Because you don't need that. Yeah. You're watching them back to back. It's Netflix. It's like, come on, Odyssey, you have full control over this streaming platform. Maybe don't. Yeah, you could you could clip that out. I, I definitely I definitely agree, and it's uh, it's not great. It's not great. It, I guess it serves to fill in the gaps, but maybe it's kind of like self enforced grandeur, kind of like make it hype. You know, I mean, if you leave it like in it's there. it's not a bad idea when they're airing a week apart. Yeah, but it's just weird then when you're listening to them, and I mean we were listening to them a week apart. Mm-hmm. over a week apart so like it's not like it's that i don't know it's not like it's a problem it's just bizarre yeah so this episode then begins with wit and maury if you're ready to get into it oh i'm ready all right so like right where the last episode ended which was maury catching wit up and then wit calling his bluff and being like no i think you're behind it and so now we have this dialogue 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 between wit and maury where Maury is very clearly a very distraught middle school boy, and Wit is a grown-up, like an old person, I would comfortably say, like, a, like an elderly man, and uh, is just giving him the hardest time. Yeah, Maury is indignant, but Wit is, like, smug and mean? Yeah, well, I, okay, so he knows the thing... I, we, we can't talk about what wit knows it yep i it doesn't i ah. yeah <laughs> like please if you if like you're we, listening we, to this we, we will please listen to the episode so you can under make any sort of sense out of what we're saying regarding it's it just okay wit knows everything and nothing yep and this was all like Maybe wisdom is just knowing everything and only knowing when to interact with stuff, and that's how yeah. wit is God. Yeah, I. Because never has wit felt as much like God, God. as this episode, yeah. in which he's like, he's I'm... like, no, you're wrong, and then Maury's <laughs> like, look at all these reasons that I'm right, and wit's like, no, you're wrong, <laughs> and he's like, well, but the other thing is wit just being like, yeah, I knew everything all along, but I wanted Emily to figure it out herself. It's, it's bad. Yep. I, mm-hmm. That that part, not a fan. A lot of this episode, big fan. Big fan. Everything regarding Wit, I think, is bad. W- it was pretty rough. Pretty <laughs> there's, tough. And there's honestly, a couple moments, just... and we'll get into them, but... Oh, we'll get into them. So, uh, basically, like, we... Wit starts his his attack with uh, reading something from Maury's journal regarding the stuff at the end. Right off the which bat! Which was it given to him so... by Mrs. Mado, which we find out later in the episode. It just makes me so mad immediately that Wit, like... 
is just infiltrating the privacy of this middle schooler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty yeah. hypothetically disturbing. The, the, However, this middle schooler is like a criminal mastermind of some sorts. He is, but... I, but yeah, I, no, no, it, it, it's, that's not going to sit well I, in the stomach. I also... I. Uh, it's just, it's so hard to know what to say when. Yep. As we cover this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely because feeling that as well. Stuff that's revealed recolors not only this, but the whole saga, mm-hmm. which is what the saga needed. It mm-hmm. needed to be recontextualized. I realize mm-hmm. that. It just makes it very hard to discuss. Would you so, just want to go through the plot? And then discuss what we think yeah, about it. Yeah, I maybe. Feel like... Well, yeah. Let's 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 try and get to let's try and get to the big reveals, and then at that point, get into some of the nonsense that that conjures up. Yeah, that, that so, sounds like a plan. So Wit then talks about the fact that he was casually walking around Connellsville mm-hmm. and came across this theater, but the whole time he's doing it as a like a. Have you ever heard of blah, blah, blah theater? It's Mm -hmm. uh, Stratford theater because Stratford upon Avon is where Shakespeare's from. And ha, ha, ha. We do Shakespeare references. It's Odyssey. Yeah. Um, Very into Shakespeare. It's so like Shakespeare. (laughs) The door. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) And so. And so Wit was wandering around. He saw a poster and went, huh. That's Anya Popoff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> then he walked in there, talked to her, and while he was talking, another guy popped in and was like, oh, I was also hired by a mysterious guy, by a mysterious voice who paid up front to voice a character named Jordan. And Wit was like, oh, I've never heard of this character named Jordan because I wasn't told about that part of the mystery in the episode, but I'm still going to listen to everything you have to say because it's suspicious and I blame Maury. Yep. And it's like, hmm, this random actor who's getting a sketch job that's paid in advance. It's all clearly connected. Clearly has something to do with this middle school <laughs> child. Like, the episode is very careful to not make it seem like, to make it seem like Wit was discovering this new, but it also doesn't make sense. Yeah, oh, not at all. <laughs> not at all. But, like, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad he met, you know, the actors for Popoff and Jordan. Uh, Jordan, a character he had literally no knowledge of until meeting the actor. Yeah. Um, and this jump makes no sense. Yeah. Wit goes from that to connecting it to the mysterious voice. Mm-hmm. In the Sacrificial Escape episode. Because the person who called them to set this up was using some sort of voice distortion. Yep. And also Popoff was in that episode. Yep. So there's the connection, I guess. Yeah. So you got him to thinking, blah, 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 stream of consciousness. Yeah, wit, whatever. Wit is wit, problem solving. free associating, you know. Yeah, that's cool. We're make, good. Make it work. Um, and he Some then... Some even say, get it. Go he, <laughs> he then plays back the audio, but he has... um. He's like, I had saved some of that audio off of Suzu's phone to analyze. Yeah. um, But I hadn't really put any effort into it until I heard about this other mysterious voice. And then I put energy into it and I made it sound like you, Maury. Yeah. Do you know those memes where it's like somebody's playing a video game and then they're losing and then the meme is just them sitting forward and then they win? I don't know if you've ever no. seen those. So but. any sentence that starts with, have you ever seen those memes? The answer is probably no. I know, I know. But it's it was worth bringing up because it is a gaming meme and, and okay. you are a notorious gamer. Oh, yes. I love the video games. <laughs> we like plays flip-flop solitaire. Yep. Oh, yeah. No. But uh, and th- I just feel like this entire episode is just wit, just ever so slowly rolling his sleeves one at a time being like, hmm, let's get down to work. Yeah. Hmm, I'm going to roll my sleeves one more time because Maury's giving hmm, me resistance. Let's get down to work. But I also knew all of this yep. already. Yeah. <sighs> yep. So weird. Um, he is God. He experiences time in a single instant because he exists outside of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe. There are worse theories at this point. So, <laughs> actually, that would make Odyssey make a lot more sense if Wit was actually just God this entire time. Yeah. You know, God, you know, came down to Earth as a human once before. We can do it again. 
God too. <laughs> this time he's <laughs> back with Jesus ice cream. Too? But well, well, some might say they're the same. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! The triune but, nature of God. Are no, we? no, Andrew. But there couldn't be a third part. Oh, you're right. Uh, it's a it's a twofer. Dyadic, dyadic God. <laughs> Oof. We're just forgetting about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um. So. Ooh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody would ever do that. No, um, certainly not major church culture. Why not? I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, so they then yeah. So Wit decodes this audio okay, and yeah, it yeah, reveals yeah. that it's Maury. Right? right, and Maury goes, "Ah, someone must have hacked my voice." And it's like, yeah. "All right, Maury." Yeah, the okay, one thing whatever. I'll give them credit for, and shout out to Jonathan Crow on sound design, um, because it does sound they don't do a thing they don't do like a zoom and enhance here Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like maury's voice no it sounds like it's been it sounds like messed up a little bit it sounds like wit has like broken through the code yep and made it sound like maury's voice yep and it's rattling around in a in a tin can of sorts and it's just so you know good job it's there but it's not great however wit is like Taunting Mori at this exactly, point. Exactly, exactly. Then prove it is what he says. And Wit's just he so just bad. is continually pressing him and he yep. finally breaks him and gets him to confess. Well, so so right before he does that, mm-hmm. I had the revelation that is obviously then confirmed by this episode, where I'm like, Oh, we're doing a chicken little. Hmm. This is a boy who cried wolf situation. Oh yeah. In which yeah. in which Mori did in fact do all the other stuff, but he didn't do this thing. Um, and so Wit's not going to believe him. And that's basically what they do. Yeah, no, it's, that, that is actually pretty, pretty accurate as to the yeah, way this episode I mean, plays out. Not <laughs> quite, because it's got to be more convoluted than that, because Wit knew everything, and also Mori is lying in his like his lie is a lie yeah it's great um so right so then we he then comes clean mm-hmm. admits to everything except for part one of Rydell revelations yep yep he admits to everything it connects to the dots that we've already been connecting and the characters have been connecting which has been good and, you know, we, we get some more exposition through this, you know, this conversation, obviously. But I wanted to talk about for a second just the character of Mori. And, like, I really actually like him more because of this episode. I think that as much as his actions defy, like, logic and, um, we'll say just, like, normal bounds... If we're existing in this world where there is this child who is incredibly talented and, like, kind of a sociopath or sociopathic tendencies with a, like, really high trauma background that we're, like, totally exploring in this episode and trying to get our heads around a little bit. I don't know. It really fleshed him out. And this this scene here with the dialogue with him and Wit with his voice cracking and just being so distraught, being like, why will you not believe me when I'm saying that like they are not safe? Right, you and he's like, well, you're you're person. still trying to game me because Wit knows that the reveal that we get later is there without knowing it. Yeah, I, yeah, but there's also so yeah, you you talking about like Maury and his genius and whatnot made me think he's a little bit Nicholas Adamsworth. Oh, in yeah. a way I hadn't connected previously, but I kind of like to think about now. Yeah. Um. But like Maury is essentially, basically, he begging right Wit at he this point. He gets to this point where he's pleading with him, mm-hmm. but like everyone, says I he... also don't believe Maury. No, no, like, no. Like I, from a narrative storytelling perspective, I'm like, oh, I see what they're doing here. They're doing a boy who cried wolf. But at the same time, I'm like, you have done nothing to make you believe, make me believe you. But. His voice acting's pretty convincing. His voice acting's fairly convincing. I also, for unfortunate reasons of just the amount of time I've spent with Odyssey and whatnot, I expect Wit to be better than me. Yeah. And so when I'm sitting there going, 
yeah, I wouldn't believe Maury either, but I think that he is being honest. I expect Wit to be able to get to that point. Yeah. And maybe he does, because Wit makes no sense. Nope, never. So they go to Maury's house, and I, I, at this point, I'm like, okay. So I think it is a Boy Who Cried Wolf thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also think that Maury is smart enough to not think that Emily kidnapped Suzu based off that audio. Like, I'm like, there's no way he's so dumb that he thinks that. Yeah, especially considering that is the most out of character, like... Like, I get it, Emily was yeah, flying no, it, off it, the handlebars, but, but no, the jump it, from it makes, normal Emily to kidnapping. And as we later find out, he doesn't believe that Emily kidnapped him. Though the thing he does believe I don't think is more believable, but, you know. You know. We're working <laughs> with what we got. Exactly. I just, I think it's funny that, like, I give Maury enough credit that I'm like, there's no way he's stupid enough to believe that audio, because I don't believe yeah. it. <laughs> well, and, and that is good, though. I mean, it's probably a testament to how he's written. Um, Why is... So this is when we get the conversation between Wit and Maury and Mrs. Mado, and this is where we learn that Wit knew Mrs. Mado because da 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 da. Wit knows Maury's dad, yeah. and this is this big long expositional tidal wave of us learning about how Wit knows his dad and how um, the death of their mom ties into it and Maury. Um, so it's I mean it. It's a lot. We, we, yeah, we I'm just gonna I'm gonna cliff notes it. Yeah, go Whit for it. met uh, Raymond Rydell yep. when he was working for the government, because um, of course he did. Maury's mm-hmm. uh, mom is named Juliana. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wit was invited to their wedding, but didn't go for really weird. Re- like, why? Why do they mention that? And then whatever. Probably because it fine. was in Japan and he was doing something yeah, else. <laughs> I know, I know, but why bring it up at all? Yeah, I guess just to show how close they are. I that's don't a know. very, that's a very, uh, it sounds like somebody the age that Phil Lawler is would write. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they invited me to their wedding. Right, yeah, that, that's true. I guess, yeah, wedding invitations are a little bit more, are held a little closer to the vest nowadays. Yeah. Especially in Corona times. Oh, yeah. Oof, that is like a VIP ticket. Dude, I missed like three weddings this year. By like some of my closest friends. Yeah, possibly previous guests on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts out. Um, still love you, man. Uh, <laughs> I know you don't listen. Wait, we're talking about Nathan, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, so basically... I was talking about Michaela, but... Uh, Maury then goes... Okay, uh, now, all right. So, after Maury's mom, named Juliana, dies, uh, his dad buries himself in his work. Uh, there's this, there's these weird conversations between Raymond and, and Mado where mm-hmm. he's being super, like, you, I don't know. Like, he seems uncomfortable this, with parenting. He does. This also didn't need to be this long. No, yeah. It, the it exchange like, between him and Mado is so... This is a 27-minute episode. Yeah, this is a a long boy. And the exchange between the two of them explaining why... Like, explaining this whole thing is so is so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... So basically... I don't need it. Yeah, basically we get... And the, I think the idea is just they're trying to flesh out just the character of Raymond and by giving this character that is so uh, influential to the plot because of how it's affected Maury, they're trying to just give him some dialogue so that they can kind of let the audience in behind the curtains a little bit as to this in- incredibly important character, which we're probably going to hopefully find out more about soon. Um, but yeah, so what we learned was that Wit worked or like knew Raymond became friends with Raymond who is Maury's father and um when uh Maury's mother died she got sick she died of cancer right was that it or something do we yeah, know how she died I I honestly didn't I didn't write it, it down it said she got sick which yes. makes yeah, me yeah, it think did. it's not it did say she got sick nefarious right. um, yeah yeah no I don't I don't think anybody was so uh 
yeah, then mom got sick. Things were good, and then mom got sick. We're bringing Maury into this. Maury's, like, kind of recollecting um, just his past and everything that's going on. And um, and then Maida then explains, because she's the surrogate, she's uh, kind of the surrogate mom for Juliana now that she's passed, and for Raymond because he's in Japan. So he sends... Um, Maury and Susie are causing problems, so he sends them to right. Right. Uh, Odyssey. Actually, Suzu's not causing problems. No, we don't. Maury's causing problems. She's take they, she's taken them all over Japan. Like basically, she's run out of things to do with them, mm-hmm. so they go to a new country. Yeah, because yeah. an embassy is no place to raise a child, and uh, Maury's at university level for math and computers, um, and is has like is like getting information from other people at the embassy specifically mm-hmm. someone named Natalie, Natalie. Yep. who works in the um it was like a secretary yeah it's he i got it's access so... to her computer is what they think is what yeah. happened it's just, it's so much info yeah it's there's so much plot in here um just in this scene and then, the thing that I liked about oh, it the most is that this kind of behavior in children is very common. Obviously, like absentee parents, um, especially of gifted children, they tend to overperform and create their own um, either reasons for intimacy or entertainment. So, like, do something that makes somebody interact with you or do something so you don't have to interact with other people. Um, and especially when there's that big trauma background, there's a lot of um, other emotions tied into it. So, like, when we're hearing this and I'm hearing about this distant dad who's clearly does not want to be their parent because it reminds him of his wife that died, right? This is a classic situation. Yep. Dad's wife dies, throws himself into work, doesn't want a parent because that was not his job. He's not comfortable with it. His wife was the reason that it made it work. And now seeing his kids and interacting with his kids and actually dealing with his kids he can't do it. He's right. just like, and that's, yeah. that's what we get from this scene is just yep. being like, no, Raymond, Raymond's got a lot of issues. Right. And so, so Raymond calls wit mm-hmm. who he's kept in contact with. Yeah. Um, and there's this, I, I like the audio. I would like to say, I, I like the production. Oh of yeah. Switching to the phone call. I thought that was fun. I also, this is the, there's a blip here where I really like wit. And oh it's yeah, him comforting him. Mm-hmm. They draw on the fact that Wit also has lost a wife. Yep, and he is—he's so human. He's talking to him like a friend. It's like a really friend. great. Not like and, God. <laughs> and then, well, and then he turns back into like focus on the family spokesperson john avery whittaker like that's a little bit how i feel about modern era wit yeah he just kind of puts on his little cap and he's like hey let me tell you about bullet point agenda so so we can make some curriculums right so right so it's 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 raymond saying like yeah like i I, embassy is no place to raise a kid i should you know i want to send him to some place like odyssey and wit says I've always thought small towns are the best places to grow up. And it's like, yeah, ah, it just, it just bothers me. The level of like, I don't know. It just feels so like how fifties America. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Distant father and small towns. That's, that's what we need. Very hallmark. Very, very hallmark. It's just, it's like, why, why was this a thing that needed to be stated? So, like, a, sta- a statement that's like, a change of scenery w- could be good for them. Or, yep. you're right, like, I-, I think that they would benefit from, you know, the small town environment. But it's this blanket statement of just, like, not for their spe- specific situation would this be good, but just for... The whole world would be a better place if people just lived in small towns. Yep, yeah. Yeah, this is how life is supposed to be for everybody. Yeah. And certainly not just the way that people have adapted right. to their no, individual no, circumstances. Nobody nobody could possibly, you know, be a, become a well-adjusted human being living in a city. That's where all the Satanists are. Well, it's at least where all the liberals are. Yeah. 
That's Some impossible. might say they're the same. It's impossible to be a liberal in a small town, as it's we well know. It's also impossible to be a Satanist in a small town. <laughs> Oof. Um, so, yeah. And then I was, I was really, like, there was something ringing really familiar about Raymond's voice on the mm-hmm. first listen through where I was like, mm-hmm. man, was this guy like a voice in Novacom? Why, why like there's just moments yeah. where I'm like, I totally know who this voice is. And then on the second lesson, I was like, Oh, he voiced Wally West on young justice. Oh, did he? <laughs> he did. Oh, nice. <laughs> I you. didn't even have to look up the cast because at the end of the episode, uh, Chris says, you know, Ends with an and Jason Spizak, and I'm like, oh yes, I know that name immediately. Hey, so what a wow! The amount of crossover that we continually find between these things. I mean, insane. it's two shows being produced modernly that use voice actors. Yeah, there's got to be crossover, right? But also, Jason Spizak's. We'll we'll do it when we do like the cast deep dive next mm-hmm. episode. But he's one of those like 500 credits kind of guys. Yeah, he's been in everything. You've de- you definitely have heard him in something. Other than Odyssey. Anyways, so not not someone from Novacom, but in mm-hmm. fact, someone from another show that I hold dear to my heart. Um, so then we come back uh, yeah. kind of from this telling the story, like this past depiction, mm-hmm. to back into the scene where they're talking with Maury, M- Mrs. Mado and, and Widart, that is, uh, about kind of what we've learned here. And, and Maury is very clearly upset at his dad. And, uh, and this is when Wit brings up that he knows that Mori is bad with dexterity, like with manual dexterity. Yeah, he can't use his hands or wrists well. He's like, yeah, your mom just died. And you know what? You did all these bad things. And you know what? You seem to be really upset. But you also can't do stuff with your hands, so I know your sister was in on this too. <laughs> it, <laughs> is, like, it's so, <laughs> it is wet. the weirdest it's so it's such a weird thing to be like and here is our reveal maury has bad hands (laughs) as previously alluded to by the fact that his handwriting was really crappy in math class i guess so that he's bad at that and that he does stuff his head but he's also really good at computers which means that he's got to be fairly dexterous and as as a proud uh, sufferer of tendonitis in my wrist i, I know yeah. that you know having bad dexterity does not translate to keyboards well it's just it's such a weird thing for wit to bring up and like draw attention to i don't i don't yeah well it. no so he he brings it up and that means that suzu helped him with right. picking the locks right. which call back to right. the key suspect Yes, because that that yes, the keys, hey. which, and we're, we're going to have to get into this, maybe, maybe next episode, I don't know, I might go back and revisit some of these mm-hmm. old episodes on like double speed or something, but it's not all adding up to be quite right. No, quite no, right. it doesn't. But, no, I... so, so the whole thing with the key suspect was that like it happened multiple nights in a row. Yeah. And the first night... Suzu went in, unlocked all of them, and stole stuff because she's secretly a klepto? Yes, yes, that's, that's what we learn here, is that Suzu has a dark side, she's secretly a klepto. Now Suzu's not innocent anymore, and Mori right. gets a little bit more innocent and he's... because he goes and puts the stuff back. But then on the second night, Suzu does it again, but this time, Mori, like, was making out with Emily and couldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> jokes jokes but this time suzu doesn't take anything she just does it for fun Mm -hmm. and then maury takes stuff like he he goes in and like gathers all this information in the way that like we've been talking about forever Mm -hmm. and then wit comes up pops out and he's like including emily's phone password and i'm like this is the dumbest explanation yeah the fact that wit is like oh yes you went through everyone's lockers that must be how you know emily's password to her phone because she wrote that down in a notebook that she leaves in her school locker for reasons as though she could remember her combo to her locker but not the four digit number to get into her phone yeah <laughs> it's insane that this Unless... the show's explanation and it's insane how quickly wit jumps to it 
Well, yeah, that that is the thing where it's like I feel like this episode, it, it the the character of John Avery Whitaker, it's just like there's all these things and these events that are happening and these characters are having emotions and then Wit is just like, but also more plot <laughs> and then just chucks it at them. Yeah, and so yeah, that's a weird so, thing. So and then we basically. This is kind of a, a like a, a similar situation as to back in uh, back at Wit's End, where Mori ends up gets getting super worked up and then reveals this information um, that he is like so. Suzu's got the Stark side. She's secretly a kleptomaniac. I never thought she'd take it this far. It was just games talking about this is the stuff that we do. And then he says, "I think Suzu kidnapped Emily." Yeah. And then Wit responds with, yeah, you're going to need to explain that one. And I'm like, Wit, are you kidding me? You've got to be kidding me. Wit. I mean, it still doesn't make any sense. The audio is clearly somebody kidnapping the both of them, as is confirmed in this episode. Yeah, exactly. So there's this whole thing where Mori is talking about, like, having never known any Christians prior to coming to Odyssey. But when he was, like, going through all the stuff. Mm-hmm. He, like, he described Christians as uneducated, moralistic hypocrites, which I definitely know some Christians that could fall into those categories. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. Kind I, of the Age of Empires rule of the, uh, the the unit only moves as fast as the slowest one, <laughs> which is definitely not just, like, a law of nature. Yeah. I, the, I like that odyssey just let him say that without immediately firing back at it yeah no like that was that was weirdly just kind of left out there and i was like all right cool thanks um yeah so so right so this is where he's like i decided to put them to the test see if they practice what they actually believe suzu just liked making puzzles because it's like a fun game for her and it's like oh so like Everything that we were blaming on on Mori was actually like Suzu and Mori are both bad, and he's not manipulating her. She's doing this because she's got a weird thing, yeah, which does kind of fi- figure into the sacrificial escape thing, where like she's doing it because she wants them to solve a puzzle, mm-hmm. but Mori's taking it a step further with the like making it a death thing because he cares about the morals of it all yeah so we have this dynamic right we have this this suzu uh suzu mori dynamic where mori is um concerned about trusting these people right he's coming into this new environment because his dad wants to be him to be there he hates his dad he's in this new environment he probably is in love with emily but we don't know yet and um to be determined. To be determined. I was really kind of bummed that we didn't hear more about that this episode. Uh, but anyway, long story short, what I'm trying to say here is that it's very, very common for children with, um, like, previous traumas and especially, like, foster kids, people that move a lot, to kind of play these sorts of games um, to test out their environment. So, like... What this episode felt like to me was something that is kind of normal and real, which is the way that, like, avoidant, insecure, uh, attachment-style children, like, relate to other people. Like, if they don't trust them, they don't want to be vulnerable with them, they don't want to be honest with them, they don't make friends, they don't engage as much. Um, and so it makes sense for Suzu to have some of this hesitance that we're seeing, right? So she she likes it, and then Mori being more scared than anything most likely or at least that's what i'm getting from it unless it's all front which probably is um (laughs) is uh they he wants to test their morals see if this is actually for real so yeah and then suzu is touched by matthew and emily's relationship so much that like they keep taking this game another step too far like, kind of just that that trope of, like, oh, there's always that one guy who takes it too far. And right. Certainly yep. not me. Uh, but <laughs> it, it, no. that that is kind of the entire plot 
or at least how I perceive it, yeah, uh, of this episode where it's like something went one step too far because these kids were really smart and they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And if that's how this works out, then I'm very happy. If it's anything else, I think I'm going to be endlessly frustrated. <laughs> I there there are a couple things I want to jump in here with. One, we also get in this whole thing the explanation that wit knew all of this all along was keeping mm-hmm. tabs on them the, oh yeah Mado was giving him maury's journals so that he could read them because here's the thing raymond tells wit to like asks wit to look after them but Wit's nobody to seems relationships he, he is which he doesn't but they it also doesn't seem like they're super concerned about like maury being evil they're mm-hmm. just concerned about him, like, not having stuff to do and getting into mischief. Yeah. So it's a weird thing for Wit to be, like, going through his personal items and, like, getting reports back from Mado, who's spying on him. And we, and when Mori accuses him of this, Wit says, well, like, Wit says something along the lines of, well, we were concerned about you. And I was like, but Why? Yeah, and, like, you know what doesn't do well when it comes to earning trust with children? Not trusting them. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. And it's so... So, this is this is the thing where it's like, what what does Wit know? Mm-hmm. I, who knows? He makes it sound as though he's known everything forever? Well, you sure he hasn't? <laughs> I, but then... Yeah. We'll, we'll get into Maury's argument that I... Can kind of sort of get into, like, kind of sort of get behind, but uh, yeah. So basically, then they're in. Okay, sorry, I got I got to say one other thing. Go here, for it. Go for which it. Which is the this is the so this is as far as like the most satisfying way a something could like stuff could be revealed and stuff mm-hmm. could come to light and it could all connect mm-hmm. to the which would be like. So that's one end of the spectrum, and the other end is like, this absolutely sucks, none of this makes sense. This mm-hmm. this definitely lands in the middle. Hmm. So for me, the ideal reveal is we find out that they had been plotting every... Like, that from the beginning of the saga, all this stuff had been laid in mm-hmm. to make, to get to this point. And the least appealing is like the... Like, we didn't have a plan, we just like you know, made something work and nothing actually makes sense. And this strikes the middle ground of they did not, they clearly did not have a plan from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And they sort of, so they, they changed stuff to make it all make sense. Like there's a lot of like weird retconning yeah, here, yeah. especially in regards to like the Suzu being a klepto thing. And like, a lot of their motivations and whatnot where I'm like, oh, this is clearly being laid in after the fact to try and explain it. But at least they tried to explain it all instead of just shrugging and being like, eh, it's a kid's show. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It, so it, 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 in my, you know, in my dreams, it's better. But mm-hmm. it's not a horrible doing of it. And if no, we're being no, fully honest, we've talked about similar problems in other Odyssey sagas. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, and, and oh, there it is. The point that I was going to make and then I forgot uh, was just the idea that I think that what we recognized is them kind of figuring it out as they were going on. We're seeing that in the writing as far as, okay, they figured out a way to make it make sense, kind of. And this is their... You know, they're doing the best with what they got, but what they got is a bunch of mediocre pieces, so you can only make a mediocre puzzle out of that. Yeah. So, um, then in, like, the middle of a conversation... They find a notebook. Mado's like, oh, that's under the bed there. That's the notebook. And, of course, there's a really important note in there there's that's in riddle- Japanese that Mori, right. of course, doesn't know how to read. Right. So, apparently, he actually doesn't. So, also, my whole notebook theory was completely wrong, and that's going to sound great to everyone who knew that when they were <laughs> listening. And I came out Whoops. so confident and, like, stupidly arrogant and being like, oh, man. I Like, I was listening back in the recording. I was like, dude, I nailed this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got Did this. Not. I, I believe really, 
I really fumbled on that one, but I think it made for a better episode that I was that committed to it, and well, then yeah. I was wrong. So the notebook's under there. Mori actually can't read it. He can only speak and understand Japanese. We Which is stupid. He's never he, bothered to learn to read. Even though we just established earlier this episode that he had learned everything there is to know about Japan and was entirely bored with it. Yeah. But he could not read that entire time. Right. Yep. We're moving and on. So, 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 <laughs> Mado, so Mado reads it and reads a riddle that hints at Wonderworld. Because that's the only treehouse in Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And so they all know. So Mado stays there. And Wit and Mori leave. And have an interesting conversation. Yeah, on their way to Wonderworld. Yeah, I do. I do love the Wonderworld callback. I like that that is weirdly, like, the one staple of Odyssey. Yeah. Like, obviously, Wits End, Wit, like, all, all the Hell main banger. ones. But, like, the ones that, like, just pop in and out over every era of the show. Yeah. Wonderworld. Yeah. All the way from Digger to Mori. Well, and it's probably, a, a like, a, te- like, a residual of having so much of the same writing staff for so long. Yeah. So, this, so the conversation is essentially that Wit... Brings up that he, like, maybe should have stepped in earlier, but he wanted to see how everything would play out, which is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Nah, it's a really bad move, God. fully nuts. You're saying, you're saying you knew all of this? I don't buy that for a second. Yeah. You're saying you knew more than you were letting on? I'm still mad at you. Yeah, well, because that's the thing, where it's like, okay, so if you knew it was going to happen, you should have been able to intercede in a way that preserved the safety of everybody involved. And if you didn't know it was going to happen, you can't pretend that you did. Yeah, it's just, oh, it really it really rubbed me the wrong way, where I was like, no, like, we can have Wit not have known the whole time what was happening. Yeah. Or, but- like, he could be putting it together. But the fact that he had, like, an inside track... By because he had access to the digital journals and whatnot, it's like, well, then why was this ever a mystery? This was only a mystery for Emily, but the stakes are so high. <laughs> maybe Wit just did not read the journal. Like maybe he was just like, oh yeah, I get these every week, and like I just never look at them. <laughs> it's oh, it's it's really bothersome. And then and then unless he's always writing really interesting stuff. <laughs> and then Maury. Makes a really interesting case mm-hmm. that wit manipulates people mm-hmm. in the same way that he does. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Andrew? Um, it's, you know, it it's yucky. I, it's yucky. I don't know. I, I, I definitely see it because, you know, as the church is a large body, a group of people... People manipulate other people, and they use a lot of different things to do that at different times for different ends. Um, And I think the thing that makes true Christians different is that they don't manipulate people. They act out of a genuine place of love and affection, and it's less about a fear of a result and more of a development of a relationship. So, like... You get this idea that, yeah, Christians use manufactured fear or interpret falsely interpreted fear or falsely interpreted judgment, at least in my opinion, to, to fuel a lot of, of what, you know, what could be considered anti-biblical or, uh, yeah, like we'll just say theology that doesn't directly align with the, you know, the representation of God that we see in Christ Jesus, yeah. you know. So... I think I think it is a valid I think Maury's point is a valid critique of Christianity. Yeah, oh yeah. I don't think that it's a valid critique of wit. No, no, not at all. I because don't think that wit is like I, that. I don't think well, so my big thing is like I don't think there is and I could be totally wrong about this and I'm open to it, but I don't know like wit is so much about like, you know, go on this journey and experience things and but i don't feel like he is i don't know that he has a such a specific result in mind he's just Mm -hmm. like this is going to get them closer to the truth Mm -hmm. and it's also like he's not forcing anyone into it 
Like, yeah. it is always their choice to go yeah. into the Imagination Station. And I don't know of any times where Wit was like, you need to go on this adventure. And then when they came out, they were a Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, he always works in such a less direct way. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a difference between facilitation and manipulation, right. right? Facilitating is just providing the environment and the setup for people to do things. And manipulating is directly, you know making somebody trip into an imagination station adventure yeah like and that is the difference and maybe if this is some like big meta headcanon stuff where like odyssey is calling out the bs in the church i'm so here for it yeah i don't know that it is or if it was was it intentional i don't know we'll we'll see what happens i mean maury is definitely positioned as someone who is who is has strong feelings against a portion of the church but Mm. it doesn't yeah, I mean, his whole thing is, like, proving that people were genuine and being like, oh, yeah, they actually are. Like, my mind's being changed by the authentic people in Odyssey. So I don't think that it's—I I think that there's a chance that, that there is a condemnation of certain brands of Christianity written into this intentionally. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it concludes. Yeah, that's a really excellent place to end on, except for the fact that we didn't mention that Tasha shows up. Yeah, Natalie the secretary, who we get this little reveal that, oh, wit, you know Natalie too. Which, man, this episode made me like Maury a lot more. (laughs) It's Tasha. So. Tasha, fiancé of Jason. Of course. uh, Novacom. She was in Novacom, right? No, No. you're thinking of Monica. Monica. Monica's in Novacom. No, but she was in uh, Blackard stuff. Yes. Tasha was. Overseas. She she was was in the toy shop. mm Mm-hmm. And then came to Odyssey. She's yep. in a lot of that yeah. stuff. She's, you know, Jason's, yeah, ex, ex-fiance. Um, question for you. Mm-hmm. At what point did you realize it was Tasha? Did it take Wit saying her name for you to pick no, up voice. on it? Okay, okay. The minute I heard her voice, I was like, that's Tasha. <laughs> I, am, I am so glad to hear that because... I, unfortunately, uh, had this thing spoiled for me. I knew Tasha was going to be in the Rydell saga before we started this. I think I did, too, but which made it her showing up being like, oh, yeah, that's Tasha. Because I think I knew that Tasha came back at some yeah. point in Odyssey. But, but I was very much... Like, it took... It was so... It was so immediate. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty sure... I'm pretty sure I'm right. Once again, we'll talk about this next episode. Mm -hmm. I am almost positive that this is a different voice actress, which is amazing. That it is a different voice actress, and we immediately made that connection. Yeah, how? I mean, just just doing good good voice work. Just 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 great at her. If if I remember my previous research correctly, and you don't need to tweet at us about this, like we said, we'll talk about cast next episode. If I remember previous research correctly, the actress who played Tasha passed away. Mm -hmm. So this would be a new Tasha actress. Could be wrong. We'll talk about it next episode. But regardless, I was just like, oh, it's Tasha. But I also. Had it spoiled that it was going to be Tasha, so it's okay. It's still Tasha, make me very happy. Yeah, I, I and that's where the episode ends, Dylan. That is where the episode ends. So it's Natalie from the Embassy, aka Tasha. Yeah, and did you tie it back? So Tasha was the one where he stole her. His computer got access to the computer, but Tasha's a spy, so she uh, maybe a spy. I don't know. Now, yeah, let's do it. Let's get into it. Predictions for part three. Okay, okay, okay. So, there's two options here. So, the the way I think that the show goes then, which I really hope it doesn't, is that he got into her computer, which means that he has some information that bad people want, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. However, that would imply that, like, Tasha didn't know that a child had it hacked into her computer yeah so i really hope that's not the play here either but, that or maury is an even bigger baller than we t- yeah. understood but i get to loop back on my previous theory of a third party kidnaps suzu and emily mm-hmm. um which i think i said at one point last episode and yeah. i can now double down on like obviously that's what's going on here um, there's some greater espionage it does feel like we've gotten the conclusion to 
the Mori stuff. That's my question. There's no more reveals with Mori and Suzu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reveals are now all going to be this external mystery that was foisted on us for the last episode. Yeah, yeah, like, from the last, like, from the like three-parter. Everything, right, everything prior to Rydell Revelations has been wrapped up and explained. The only thing that hasn't is Rydell Revelations Part 1. Yeah, exactly. And Which so I think that's what that we're going to get an explanation of. And it's episode 900. It's episode 900. Yeah. In uh, Rydell Revelations Part I don't know, any, any completely buckwild guesses you want to throw out or um, accusations you want to make is is i think mori is gonna stick around i hope that they stick i think i hope that mori as a character sticks around i hope suzu sticks around i think their dynamic is great and this episode made me like them both being in odyssey continually more um i agree uh um, is <laughs> okay other just throwing out random stuff uh Will uh, Raymond be in Odyssey next episode? Yes or no? Mm, yes. Is it at all suspicious that Mrs. Mado decided to stay back at the house when they left? Uh, yes. She probably is contacting Raymond and letting them know that the jig is up. Probably. My guess. So, are you team Raymond is the villain here? Uh, maybe. I don't think that Raymond's orchestrated anything necessarily. But maybe he, maybe he did. Maybe that's that. That's just he's a really bad dad, and and then Wit gets custody of them because I, his dad kidnapped his kids. I I don't know. I'm curious. And this Odyssey does not exist yet. Right. We I can't find out. I think this I is think so it's weird. really I think it's really interesting <laughs> that like the only reason Tasha is working at the Japanese embassy is because she is investigating something shady going on at the Japanese embassy. Yeah. And who is like the ambassador to Japan? Oh, it's Raymond Rydell. So something father shif- of notoriously shady child. Right. So is something shifty going on with Raymond? Maybe. What does he know? I mean, I definitely and get is the he arc a hiring. Of, yeah, I get the the get the, the the notes that this is kind of a empathizing with the villain arc much more so than other ones, and maybe. If I they don't did, know. If they really went hard on it. If yeah. that's the case, if it, Raymond is like. The bed, or the is bad it gonna bad? be just like generic spy villains? Because that's kind of what I'm expecting. If that's the case, I'm gonna be disappointed, I guess. See, but... I don't think I will because once again, it's only these three episodes that exactly. are at stake. Exactly. So like, they don't have to do anything spectacular. Yeah, it's like a cosmic brownie. It's like it's not the best brownie you ever had, but it's certainly not the worst can't really complain that much. i think they might be the worst brownies i do not like cosmic brownies really i i don't like my brownies to be fudgy that's i like it i like a dry brownie with some milk ah okay so this, that's how i am about cake interesting see I, I i go i'm a little bit more moist with the cake so we have inverse interesting yeah good to know all right for when i make you cake <laughs> oh anything else you want to hit on andrew uh no Nope, not, nothing here. We are plum, plum out of notes and things to be hit upon. I just, I'm, I'm ready for part three. Yeah. I'm ready for the end of this. I'm ready Let to get into reveal. the cast. I'm ready to go back to the wiki and not fear yep. as much anymore. And I'm ready to uh, cover a different saga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's weird. It, Odyssey's gonna sound very different very soon. Yeah, for us, so that's gonna yeah. be interesting. But, but yeah. you guys will be along for the hey. ride, and uh, thank Album you, forty three. S- yes, yeah, stick it. Well, every time. <laughs> thanks for sticking around as long as you did. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for listening. Continue to you know rate, review, reach out to us on all the social medias, and you know buy the merch. We like you all. Salami, and we'll be back next week. For episode 900, The Rydell Revelations, part 3. 
Bye, guys. Goodbye. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Rydell Revelations Part 2 was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wad Fam Chalk Pod.